We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.team, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're going to tell you what our sponsors are. The first one, Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com. You can follow on, in, on Instagram at SGLambChops. They're a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail, premium quality, and that is reflected in the Lamb Chops brand, Cleaver logo, and custom cut and fit for each piece. Chris, you and I have gotten various articles of clothing from Lamb Chops over the years. T-shirts, shorts, the joggers, the hoodies. I've yet to receive a thing from them. Hats. I've yet to receive a thing from them that I've been like, I'm not going to wear this. The quality is like outstanding. It's all very comfortable. It's all very stylish, I think. It's better in, than everything in my closet. In today's just say, world, just say it how it is. In today's world where we put an emphasis on clothing being comfortable and functional, probably more so than anything else, I think this definitely falls in line with that. And I think there are a lot of companies that make comfortable sort of athleisure type stuff, but none of it looks like cool, right? Like there right. isn't there isn't very like generic. Very, yeah, it's very generic. It's all kind of the same. If you want to stand out and wear something a little bit different, Lamb Shops is definitely that. They have some really cool printed shorts. Uh, but again, the quality the quality is just second to none. Everything feels really premium. Um, and it's very comfortable and long-lasting and just couldn't say enough good things about everything Lamb Shops makes. I love that they have those unique pieces. Like you're talking about the 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 shorts that are covered in lions or wolves or orcas shout out to the orcas are organizing. But I also like that they just have, you can just get a plain, just red or white pair of shorts. It just has like the smaller kind of logo on it. There's whatever style you're into lamb chops has something for you. So head over to lamb S G lamb chops.com. Follow them, follow them on Instagram at S G lamb chops. Go get some clothes. They're awesome. You won't be disappointed. We're also sponsored by Oakley and big shout out to Oakley because I went into the Starbucks that I go to all the time the other day and I forgot to take my sunglasses off when I went inside. I usually take them off and I put them like on top of my hat or wherever. And the barista went, I really like your sunglasses. And we started talking about Oakley's and she like took them from me. She grabbed them. She's like looking at them. She's like, oh, these are really nice. And she like put them on, which I thought was weird. Like, don't put on my sunglasses. 
go get your own. I said, go to oakley.com today, lady. I pulled up my read and I did it. I did it right there at, at the counter at the coffee shop. But anyways, Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities, just like my barista at the coffee shop did. Do you run golf train or do you just want to look like your favorite athlete? They've got Lamar Jackson here, Devo Samuel, of course, Oakley athlete, Aaron Jones. You can't catch Aaron Jones in an interview without his Oakley's on. Justin Jefferson, Killian Mbappe, maybe Chris Biederman or Kyle Madsen, your favorite podcasters. If you want to look like one of us, probably more one of those guys than one of us, but you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. It's everyday eyewear. It's you're playing sports. You're doing yard work. Maybe you're just out at a barbecue because summer's kicking off and you're out at a barbecue and you want to look dope and protect those eyes from the sun. You can do that right now. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, that means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. I know you're sitting there, Kyle, I have a pair of shades that I like just fine. Well, hey, fine's not going to do it anymore. Upgrade that sunglass game. Do better. There are so many different styles out there. There's the Houstons. Those are the circle ones with the cool angles, kind of a modern take on a classic frame. There's the Baxters, which are the kind of Ricky Henderson-looking joints, the full frame, the full eye wrap frames. Super cool. And I love how these frames have a little bit of a zigzag out on the on the arm piece that goes behind the ear. There's a really cool little zigzag in it. Gives that just a little bit of unique flair without being over the top. And then there's the whole bricks. I got to bring them up. You already know the classic square style frame. They've got them in all sorts of colorways. Really, really good sunglasses. I've had a pair for years. One time I lost a pair at a wedding and got a new pair before leaving the town the wedding was in. That was key for me. And Oakley even offers prism lens technology. And I know you're like, God, what is the prism lens technology? And I'm going to tell you again, you got to go to oakley.com because that's proprietary technology for Oakley. It's available for everyday settings as well. Go to oakley.com, do your own research to learn more right now. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. It'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life. So many, I swear. I've tried so hard to find sunglasses I like. And I can assure you, that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the very best quality out there. <laughs> and if you don't want to trust me, trust the barista at the coffee shop. She loved my sunnies. And I know you would too. Head on over head on over to oakley.com for more information today. All right, we're going to continue our state of the roster with a look at the 49ers running backs. Let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Chris, we have spent so much time preparing for this podcast, looking at Kalen Labor and highlights. Kalen Labor and your thoughts. Let's just kick off the Niners <laughs> I mean, running back conversation with UDFA number one. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I said this to you and I said it tongue in cheek, but given the way things have gone with the 49ers running back situation since Kyle Shanahan came on in 2017, my take was it wouldn't be a complete stunner if somebody like Kalen Laybourne ended up being better than Ty Davis Price. No. <laughs> but because... it'd be, it, it, hey, at this point, it'd be a stunner if that wasn't the case. <laughs> like, wow, well, so Ty Davis Price figured it out. Elijah Mitchell better than uh, better than Trey Sermon, right? Matt Breida better than Joe Williams, 
right? So, mm-hmm. so like we have 49ers drafted running backs who have been beaten out or essentially been not as good as guys who are either late round draft picks or undrafted free agents. So, so like looking Jordan at Jordan Mason Lee, better than Ty Davis price, by the way. Yeah. At least on special teams. A recent example. Yeah. A recent, a recent example, uh, potentially on special teams. So there's this pattern of where these undrafted rookies come in and just outperform guys who were invested in with more premium resources. So Kalen Laybourne sort of falls into that um, that archetype for me a little bit. He was a five-star recruit. He went to Florida State. He had some off-the-field issues. He had some knee injuries. But then he came back and just like blew up if if these number these testing numbers are real um which which i think they would be uh he would have been top five in the nfl combine among running backs with in 40 time um i think his three cone was 6.92 which would have been the best among running backs at the combine Mm -hmm. and this from his pro day yeah this was a pro day he wasn't invited to the pro uh to the combine right um so i had the page open and i'm struggling to find it right now so that's why there's a little bit of hesitation in my voice but the takeaway from that article that i had up that i no longer have up was that he was he would have been top five in basically the top four categories uh of of athletic testing at the combine that's not to say Obviously, we know like I'm very leery of just judging players by combine numbers, but we looked at some we did some quick YouTube scouting. He did have 1500 yards. He did lead the Sun Belt in rushing last year. Um, he scored 16 touchdowns and just watching him run. You're like, yeah, this guy makes sense for for Kyle Shanahan. And look, he's you know, it, it's very easy to see based on the type of talent he is and sort of the those testing numbers backing it up that if this guy's college career had gone to plan, had he gone to Florida state and just played the way he was expected to as a high recruit and not dealt with the injuries and not had the off field stuff, this guy could have been somebody taken in day two of the draft or day three of the draft mm-hmm. at least. Right. So Kalen Laybourne to me seems like one of those undrafted guys who, you know, if there's a benefit to going undrafted, it's that you get to pick the team you're going to right mm-hmm. and so as an undrafted guy if you're the agent of a running back are the Niners the the first team you try to get to if you're an agent of one of those dudes like are the Niners based on the success that they've had with their running back position particularly undrafted guys or guys like Elijah Mitchell was a seventh round pick yeah I think so and I think it has a lot to do with I think kind of the larger 49ers quarterback uh running back conversation is it's Christian McCaffrey at the top. And then Elijah Mitchell to me is the clear two, but he's played 16 games in two years. And then after Elijah Mitchell, it's a toss up. So if you're an agent of a guy like Kalen Laburn, you're looking at that depth chart and you're going, there's some talented players there, but also given the history of the Niners with these running backs and given the question marks on the depth chart, really behind Christian McCaffrey, starting with Elijah Mitchell's health problems. Yeah, I think I think it's a perfect spot to land, even though it's really crowded. Would it you said it at the top. It wouldn't be shocking if we're three quarters of the way through the preseason 
and it's like, oh, Kalen Laburn is the third best running back on the team right now. That wouldn't be that wouldn't shock me at all. Former five star guy getting healthy and finding a spot to play and being good at football. Yeah. That wouldn't that wouldn't be a stunner at all. Four 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 forty yard dash, six nine two Shout three cone, ten five broad jump, thirty-eight and a half inch vert, uh twenty-three reps on the bench press. I have the article back up. Uh how to babe. <laughs> his 40 would have ranked six. This is a, a fan nation sports illustrated blog post. His um 40 yard dash would have ranked six, but his three cone was first. His broad jump would have been tied for third among running backs, vertical jump third, and bench press second. Damn. So he was within top spider three. chart crazy. Spider chart game bananas. Uh, <laughs> he, would, he would have been he would have been one of the most impressive running backs at the combine. So the fact that he does have you know a 15 yard season to back it up, there are obviously questions about the knee injury, knee injuries, and the off the field stuff. But in terms of like a running back that you could see like making hay for Kyle Shanahan, I think this guy definitely fits the bill. Let's put a pin. In Kalen Laburn for a second. Yeah. And let's start at the top of the depth chart and get it to Christian McCaffrey. Who? So Christian McCaffrey is a running back the 49ers traded for in the middle of last season. Oh, yeah. That guy. He played for Carolina. I had an article up, but I don't have it up anymore. I think it, I think it was Carolina. Um, no. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, good player. And <laughs> I think we we spend so much time talking about quarterbacks and and rightfully so. We kind of talked in our quarterback preview, we talked about why the conversation always falls to the quarterback. But at the same time, when you want to talk about the success the 49ers offense had last year and Jimmy Garoppolo before he got hurt, I think playing the best football of his career in those three or four games before he got hurt, he started to look really good making secondary plays uh, or second reaction throws and off schedule plays and taking fewer sacks. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that that aligned right about the time that Christian McCaffrey started getting really involved in the offense and started picking up the offense. And while Brock Purdy was sensational last year in his, in his rookie season, I think Christian McCaffrey's arrival and growing confidence and knowledge of the offense helped the 49ers take off on that side of the ball as much or more than than anything that happened at the quarterback position. Yeah, and we have stats to back this up too, right? Like, so our, our buddy Nick Wagner, who we shout out, I think every podcast. It's a it's a once a pod thing. It's a once. Maybe it's a bit. Maybe it's not. But today's Oakley wrote, spotlight, Nick Wagner. He wrote a big long feature about the 49ers adding McCaffrey. It was during the playoffs last winter, and the the statistical point. Uh, that he made in a key graph here, and I'm quoting, he says, before McCaffrey, the Niners ranked 19th in the NFL in points scored per game at 20.3, 18th in yards per game, 340.2, and expected points added minus 0.5. After McCaffrey's arrival, the 49ers ranked second in scoring, 29.8, fourth in yardage, 37.6, and second, 7.4 in points added, um, so we basically like after the addition of Christian McCaffrey, the Niners went from like middling, like m- middle of the pack to basically elite, right? Second in scoring, yeah. fourth in offense, second in points added. So I think what Christian point. McCaffrey did, did or does for the 49ers offense 
there's so much deception involved in what Kyle Shanahan likes to do that mm-hmm. having a chess piece, having another queen on the chessboard, basically, who could mm-hmm. util- you could utilize in the passing game, you can obviously utilize in the running game. That just allows you another layer of deception that you can have. Like instead of it, like sometimes it felt like before Christian McCaffrey got there, even in 2021, the Debo Samuel stuff felt kind of like a gimmick. Like it would be unsustainable to use him as a running back because it felt like when you lined him up in the backfield so often, you were telling the defense what you were going to do before the play. Mm -hmm. And you, And and you, take a receiver off the field and yeah and you're basically taking one of your best playmakers out of the equation in terms of being a downfield option mm-hmm. but you regain all of that deception when you have somebody like christian mccaffrey because now defenses have to account for him they have to account for mm-hmm. debo samuel let alone brandon Ayuk and george kittle mm-hmm. so i and think ray ray McLeod. <laughs> and ray ray, of course juan jennings fourth and juan or third and juan excuse me third and juan um so I just it, it was at the time I was dubious of the deal because it's like, man, you're giving up all that for a running back. Um, but it turned out it was the Niners sent second, third and fourth round picks and a fifth next year's draft for McCaffrey. So it was a lot. They gave up a lot. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those rare trades that probably worked out even better than the 49ers could have thought. I agree. And it might be the best trade we've ever seen for running back in league history based on how last season went. Sure. I mean, Nick, Nick made the case in his story that it's one of the best from an offensive production standpoint. It might be the best midseason acquisition of all time, which sounds hyperbolic, but it, it might not be because there aren't a ton of trades that happen every year where it's like, Key the pre McCaffrey 49ers offense is pretty rough. Yeah, the scene was the scene wasn't great initially. Yeah, and it there was there was the predictable freak out from the analytics community on Twitter. That and this is not to bash analytics. I don't I don't want to do that, but it was oh my god, it's a running back, it's too much. But McCaffrey is just so much more than if they had given that up for Derrick Henry, then yeah, you're giving up too much. Even though Derrick Henry is phenomenal player he's good but McCaffrey is not just your typical running back he is maybe the only player Debo Samuel went down against Tampa Bay and it didn't alter the 49ers offense whatsoever if they'd been in a position where they didn't have Christian McCaffrey and now Debo Samuel goes down I think their offense really really struggles but because Christian McCaffrey is in the mix you lose that element of Debo Samuel, but that element of deception is is still there with McCaffrey because of his versatility as a runner. His versatility, not only as a pass catcher out of the backfield, but just being able to split out and play receiver is a huge deal. And there's all the there's all the peripheral stats and all the analytics that that obviously illustrate his impact. But how many times and we could go hammer this out, but I'm not going to go rewatch every Christian McCaffrey play. How many times did we see a second and seven where, oh, it's going to be a sack or a throwaway and a third and seven or third and long and dump off to McCaffrey and now instead it's a first down. 
That felt yeah. like it happened three times a game where they just got a fresh set of downs in a situation where they wouldn't have prior to McCaffrey. And there's all the there's all the stuff about where he lines up and how defenses can defend. And there's all those there's all those things that that go from Kyle Shanahan's standpoint in terms of personnel groupings and formations and play calls, all that. But I think just the act of being able to extend drives by dumping it off to McCaffrey and letting him go get his six, seven, eight, nine yards, whatever he needs, is enormous. And it's just such a simple check down option. But I think that's massive in terms of staying on the field, getting another first down, and forcing defenses to continue defending an offense. It's really, really hard to defend. I think you can make a case that he's the best check down option in the league. Right? Yeah. Pretty fair to say. If not, he's top three. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I we can't well, we're not gonna go through all the all the check down options in the NFL. <laughs> the point being Michael though, Hasty won. <laughs> <laughs> the point being though, when they made the trade, I think our our take was that he has to be involved in the passing game for this to make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. This this is Absolutely not you're not gonna you're you're not gonna trade that much for a guy and give him 25 carries and just that's how he's going to be contributing to your Derrick Henry mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. The thing with McCaffrey, he was fourth on the team in catches despite only playing in 11 games. He had 52 catches. That's almost five catches a game. It was outrageous. And so when you add that to your offense, like Jimmy Garoppolo looked like a completely different quarterback when he had Christian McCaffrey to check the ball down to. Yep. And obviously Brock Purdy was immensely successful in part because he had Christian McCaffrey. So I think given the way the 49ers offense is put together and given the just array of weapons that they have, they can absolutely be an elite offense with just having McCaffrey available sort of regardless of who the quarterback is, in my opinion. Yes. Right. Like, so the fact that McCaffrey was able to come in, he caught 52 balls in 11 games. You know how many receptions Debo Samuel had last year? He had 56 in 13 games. <laughs> right. George Kittle had 60 catches in five games. Christian McCaffrey played in four fewer games than George Kittle for the 49ers last year and had eight fewer catches. Yeah. And he tied for the team lead in, or no, he's second on the team in touchdowns. McCaffrey was. He had 10 touchdowns. Yeah. I Kittle had 11. Yes. But McCaffrey accounted for 11 because he also threw one. Yes. So, I mean, it's just he he unlocks everything they do. And there are always going to be questions about, you know, health. I think with any running back, there will be, particularly with him, given he had a couple years there where he didn't play in very many games. Mm-hmm. But having watched him and, you know, which was falls in line with everyone else's take who watched him play, participate in the offseason program. Dude practices his ass off. He tries hard. He tries hard. He's like him and Brandon Ayuk are the two like notable players who really like show out during the offseason program. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking a whole lot from that because like Trent Williams wasn't there. Nick Bosa wasn't really yeah. there. George Kittle, you know, wasn't really like it's not super important, but it just shows like if I'm going to make a bet, like, okay, that guy has an injury history, but like, look at the way this guy's practicing and look at how hard he's working in the off season. I'm willing to make a bet on that guy to be like, all right, barring anything crazy or freakish, like 
I would make a bet on that guy being able to play, you know, 15 out of 17 games or something like that. Like, it's not like, you know, he's not like some of the other players that don't practice in the offseason program because they're like they had surgery in the offseason or they're trying to recover from something. No, it's like he's he's out there. His he looks ready to go. I was surprised at sort of every single rep he took because I was like, this dude doesn't need any reps like he's fine. (laughs) Put him in bubble wrap until week one. That's. That was my takeaway watching in practice. But again, that's that's a good thing. That's like, that's like, all right, this guy is doing everything he can to make sure he's his body is in the best position possible to avoid injury. Yeah, and the Niners can help that with what they do behind him on the depth chart. Because while he is vitally important, and honestly, you talk about him being involved in the in the passing game, and I think that that is he is a big reason why the 49ers, if they're gonna win a Super Bowl with a quarterback who's not in the you know elite top five category, it's because of a player like him and just the added wrinkle that he brings to their offense and the pressure he takes off the quarterback to make a throw down the field or to make a play on third and long because maybe they don't get to third and long because on second and long, they completed it to McCaffrey. Now it's third and short or he turned it into a first down. So he's, he is a massive, massive deal in that respect, which is why I think what happened behind him on the depth chart is, is really important. And it's let's, let's just go one by one here. In a perfect world, Elijah Mitchell is the number two back. Now he's had his health problems. He's played 16 games in his first two years. Suboptimal. But if he's healthy, he's a really, really talented player who can take some of that onus off of McCaffrey where, okay, now maybe instead of 19 or 20 carries a game, McCaffrey's getting 13 or 14 carries and especially late in the game, if they're trying to grind clock, those are tough carries between the tackles, getting beat up, and not that McCaffrey can't do it, but if you're trying to maximize his value, you have to take some of that work off of his shoulders, and I think that's where Elijah Mitchell could have a ton of value for the Niners this year. What's up, y'all? I am psyched to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you, man, I have been, I'm legitimately so stoked about this. I've been wearing Oakley sunglasses since I can remember. I had a pair of the Flax for when I played baseball. They were a staple. I had them. Everyone on my team had them. And I've been rocking with Oakley ever since. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or do you just want to look like your favorite athlete? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's rocking Oakley's. Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. Here on Candlestick Chronicles, we are all about look good, play good. Like, we debate what players are going to be good in the NFL based on what numbers they wear. Like, that's how much we believe in look good, play good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. Not today, not tomorrow, because next thing you know, it's fall and you didn't upgrade your sunglass game. Go do that right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I've got a pair of Holbrooks. I've had two pairs of Holbrooks in the last 15 years. 
They are my favorite pair of sunglasses to wear. I don't leave the house without them. But get yourself a pair of Corridors or the Sutros. Both styles I really, really love, especially for summer where you're out barbecuing or you're out at the beach. They are just the perfect sunglasses. And did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? So what the hell's that? <laughs> We're going to learn together. It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. You want to know more? I know you do because I sure do, and we can do this together. Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. As you know us, we love doing your own research on this show. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. I'm telling you, people talk about the glow up with facial hair. No, no, no. My glow up came when I bought a pair of Holbrooks. So... When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. Well, trust me, but also try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but it's the best quality. I told you I've had two pairs of Holbrooks. The one was because I lost them at a wedding, and I didn't even leave the town that the wedding was in before I left with a new pair of Holbrooks. I went to a to a store that sells sunglasses in the, in the town that I was visiting to get a new pair of Holbrooks uh, before before I went home. That's that's how much I love them. Uh, Oakley's not only the best looking, but they're absolutely the best quality out there. So head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies. And our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at sglambchops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand Cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece. Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff, and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable. But Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need, and they happen to make very fashionable items. Also, you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets. We all love those, but they can look a little bit boring sometimes. You can get some leopard print. You can get some inverted leopard print. So the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool. It looks almost like a dark camo. Well, you can get That's regular it. leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit. Um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints. They're not even animal prints, but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweatshorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium and super stylish. And I think that's, that's just a great combo for, for any clothing brand, but lamb chops really stands out among the rest for that. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb chops is leading the herd with original and high quality clothing. They offer one of a kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd SG lamb chops. That's sglambchops.com, And on Instagram, at SG Lamb Chops. Follow them right now. I'm a big fan of doing all you can, like, like get the lead with Christian McCaffrey and then salt the lead away or salt the game away with Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, who, TDP, whoever you need to, right? Kalen Labor. <laughs> right, Kalen Labor. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I think I look, I would love to see like multiple running back sets. You know, like I would love to oh, see yeah. Christian McCaffrey become more of a even more of a pass catcher. Like line him up in the slot more often, put him in motion, see how see how you can make linebackers head spin even more. Mm-hmm. Um 31 just, personnel, two running backs and Kyle Yuschek. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why why not? Um <laughs> no, no, you're like but I, I just think his versatility is is what's important. And and to your point, like I think the Niners have some pounders that complement McCaffrey really well. I mean, maybe ideally you'd love to have another like, oh, we have another really great pass catching running back, but it's hard to find those guys. Mm-hmm. But if you can have Christian McCaffrey sort of a do it all queen on the chessboard and then just other guys who you're like, all right, we're up by you know, we're up, we're up by five in the fourth quarter and there are six minutes left and we have the ball at our own 20. Like, we're just going to pound you with Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason and we're going to solve this game away. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously that's far more ideal than being like, all right, McCaffrey's already gotten 20 touches at this point. uh, And now we need to run him into the ground late in this fourth quarter. That's not, I I would love to keep Christian McCaffrey as healthy as possible. And that's yes. obviously a tough balance. I think that might be one of like for Kyle Shanahan as a play caller, that might be one of his toughest tasks of the season is like, how do I utilize Christian McCaffrey and get him the touches he needs for offense to be successful while also not punishing his body too much because we're going to need him to be super effective in January. You know, right. assuming the 49ers are going to make the playoffs. So um, that's why Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason and potentially Kalen Laybourne <laughs> and and Ty Davis Price are really important. Um, but I don't know, like, how do you I think you and I are both fairly confident in that Elijah Mitchell's the second running back, right? There's not a whole I don't think there's a whole lot of analysis needed there. Yeah, as long as he like, as long as he makes it through training camp. Yeah. So I can't imagine he goes into the year is either not on the team or the third back or whatever. Yeah. He's so really good, dude. Elijah really Mitchell's good. a very good player. He's a, he's, I would say Elijah Mitchell's one of the 12, like when healthy and with the ball in his hands, just like as a pure running back, one of the 12 best running backs in the league yeah, from a talent perspective, the way he runs his speed, his physicality. So you, you basically have, when you look at the rest of the depth chart, four guys competing for two spots. You have Jordan Mason, Ty Davis Price, Ronald Awat, who we haven't really talked about at all, and Kalen Laybourne. Awat and Laybourne are uh, undrafted rookies. Both undrafted rookies, right? Um, how do you how do you sort of look at that look at that battle? Do you think? I mean, I think the returning guys, Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price, clearly have the leg up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the Niners are going to keep one of the undrafted rookies at least on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you handicap the battle for those final two positions among those four guys? Just based on what we saw, you have to put Jordan Mason first, right? Yeah, just based they, on they do like him on special year. teams. Yeah, and honestly, when he got chances to to run, he was really effective, and. I don't know if that was just because he was he was the guy salting games away last year toward the end of the season or what it is, but he averaged six yards a carry last year. 
And again, a lot of that was big garbage time work against Arizona, some late game work against New Orleans. Same thing against Miami. He went for like eight and 51 against the Raiders. He got his first touchdown two for 13. He was really good when he got his chances to run it. And the third running back needs to play special teams. And unless Ty Davis price did a ton of work on his special teams contributions this off season, I can't imagine that in one year, he's suddenly going to overtake Jordan Mason in that regard. The question I have is if Ty Davis price winds up being just the better running back in, in camp in the preseason. And he just kind of comes out with a vengeance in the preseason and he's, he's catching passes and he's, He's blocking and he's running hard and he looks really good. Does that give him any kind of edge despite the discrepancy there might be in, in special teams contributions? That's kind of the, the, the question mark that remains there for me. Yeah. That's something I kind of struggle with. Um, I think it's tough because I, like if if Ty Davis Price is a better running back than Jordan Mason, but Jordan Mason is very clearly the better special teams player, I think the 49ers would be more likely to have Mason as as an active guy potentially over TDP or like they would view him as more valuable because that third running back spot has to play special teams. Sure. Like where they keep them both. Davis Price is inactive unless like Mitchell gets hurt and then Davis Price is active on game days. Right, exactly. Like if he t- TDP would that be active sense. if he were the number two running back, but not the number three because Mason is better on special teams. TDP averaged 2.9 yards per carry last year. It wasn't very good. 34 carries, 99 yards. Jordan Mason, 43 carries, 258 yards. So it so would it's a, be... It's, there's a pretty clear gap. <laughs> yeah, uh, Based on what we saw last year, and I think I remember TDP dealing with injuries at some point. Yes. But based on what we saw last year, I think Mason is clearly viewed as the better player right now. Um, And frankly, like if you're in that mix, if you're the fourth running back on the team, you better be playing special teams or else you're not going to have a whole lot of value (laughs) to the 49ers. And then, you know, at what point are they like, considering you know could they potentially trade him if they're like if they still like jordan mason better could they trade him is another team going to be willing to be like hey we'll throw you a seventh or a pick swap for tdp um because we liked him before the draft even though you know trading trading running backs trading four running backs is yeah is not unless you're christian mccaffrey is not something that teams often do or is he going to get cut and and would the team be like yeah we like we like Rayborn better. Like it's is that crazy? No. They cut Trey Sermon outright last year. Yeah. And he made the team, but then they cut him to make room for somebody, I forget who. But that 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 is honestly the most likely outcome to me. I think I'd be I think I'd be pretty surprised if I don't want to say surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Davis Price made the team. But I also wouldn't be floored if he wound up getting cut. Because they just, they like Mason better, both on special teams and offense. And they like what they saw from Laburn more than they liked what they saw from Davis Price. They've not been shy. Like, look what they did with Trey Mason or uh, Trey Sermon. Yeah. So 
I, I don't I don't think they're scared to cut their losses, especially especially at running back. Which is why it's particularly insane that they drafted running backs in the third round in consecutive years. Nuts. Better or worse than a kicker. Honestly, it's the <laughs> fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me thing. Doing it the second time was worse than drafting a kicker in the third round. <laughs> because, come on, man. I know people who really because like they TV like how he ran out. late in games. That's it, man. I know people who really liked him coming out. I remember being there last offseason program. He wasn't participating, but he was doing work on the side field. And I was like, that guy looked like who is that? That guy looks like a linebacker. And it was TDP. Were you taken aback by his size? Just taken completely aback. Um, <laughs> so I just. I think there's still potential there, but he does need to improve. And man, it would be absolutely wild if Kalen Laybourne ended up being the Niners fourth running back that they kept on the 53 and cut Ty Davis price because like the pattern would be like, <laughs> like flawless basically in terms of yes. Matt Breida over Joe Williams, Elijah Mitchell over Trey Sermon. Then you would have Kalen Laybourne over TDP Jordan Mason also over, over TDP. Like at that point, <laughs> it's like it's like trade for trade for the best running back in the league and only add running backs in undrafted free agency. Do not invest any picks before the seventh round. Just grab six undrafted free agent running backs and let them shake themselves out. <laughs> it's a, it's so wild. There's so many as successful as Kyle Shanahan's been relative to the re- the rest of the NFL. There's just a handful of very confounding things about him. That's like, this doesn't make sense, but whatever it's been working. Like <laughs> I would put, I would put the team's val- evaluation of running backs on there too. You could go like the team's yes. evaluation of running backs, fourth down play calling. Uh, I don't know, doing a trade for a quarterback. Say figuring at, out their quarterback situation. The, do it, do doing a franchise, all the biggest trade in franchise history for a quarterback. That yields zero results, yet you still go to consecutive NFC championship games. Um, the Forrest Buckner trade, which yielded zero results. <laughs> but led to uh led to Javon Hargrave, which might be which Great might point. get him over the top this year. Actually, the trade was good, my colleague. <laughs> the Forrest Buckner trade was good because it led to Javon Hargrave. And the Trey Sermon and Ty Davis price picks were good because they led to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Ergo, flawless just, team building. Just, yeah, just never made a ne- never it's, made a mistake. The 49ers, the 49ers remind me of professional golfers. And I would have watched golf before I started dabbling in it. But I, before I, you I started dra- draining shots from 170 yards out, I, you you brought it up, not me. <laughs> so <laughs> that did happen though. But a major championship golf course. Not a big deal. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't really have an appreciation for this. It's not the lack of bad shots that makes a, a professional golfer good. It's when they hit a bad shot, they then hit an unbelievable shot that gets them back where they need to be. Kyle Shanahan's great at getting up and down. Right. That's that's what the 49ers remind me of. It's like, oh my God, they shanked that drive into a bunker on the next fairway. And then 
you blink and they're putting for par. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Kyle oh. Shanahan scramble master. <laughs> Kyle scramble ham. <laughs> shamble? Shambles? No, nope. that's nope. bad. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. That's fine. That's right. I workshopped it. I I, I like that point a lot though. Thanks. Like that. That's what it is though. Wyndham Clark just won the golf tournament at LACC, won the U.S. Open by basically scrambling his ass off all week. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you're going to pipe a drive and get Nick Bosa, and you're going to hit a 50-foot putt and get Debo Samuel. And that's how it's that's how it's going to be. And sometimes, you know, Joe Staley's going to retire, and you're going to have to hit one out of the sand, but then you hole it from the sand and get Trent Williams. I love this. This is this <laughs> is right up your alley content wise. There's probably sixty percent of the people listening that have no idea what's happening. Yeah, Joe Joe but Williams the, but, was an eighty yard seven iron shank. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then, that was and then and then they saved par with a brilliant wedge shot under a tree. Um and and getting Matt Breida. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I think the point the point has been made. Um, but no, I, I think the Niners running back situation is pretty solid. For, I mean, from a talent perspective, you feel great about it. From a talent perspective, yeah. you obviously have Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in the league. Elijah Mitchell, arguably the best backup running back in the league, if healthy. I, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think the Dolphins are really loaded at that. Spot. Yeah. Jeff Wilson Jr., former 49er. Um, but Raheem Mostert and Raheem Mostert. Um, but there are on, there are health concerns. Yeah, and so that's the other kind of question, which I is have, true is, of every running back room, by the way. Right. That's why people don't pay their running backs. But that's a different conversation. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that's where I think this year could really benefit Elijah Mitchell is taking some of the workload off of him. Can that keep him healthier than he's been? Because really week one of his rookie season, that was that game against Detroit where Raheem Oster went down with a knee injury on like his second carry. And Mitchell came in and had to be RB one just right away. And he dealt with various injury issues during his rookie year. And then he comes in in his second year and he's RB1 going into the year. And again, he has a heavy workload and he gets hurt. I'm 
I'm thinking the Niners are are hoping that Mitchell in a more backup role will keep him on the field, even though he's on the field less. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think you're in order to maximize Elijah Mitchell, you are probably not giving him 25 carries a game. No. Like the sweet, if you give Elijah Mitchell 10 touches a game, then there's a, there's a really good chance. Those are going to be some really good touches. And the, with how hard he runs, it's going to be like, I just really like the idea of having Christian McCaffrey, who's more of like a schematic, schematic hassle, right? For, Mm -hmm. for players, for players and coaches to have to like, think about pre-snap, like, how is this going to work? And then Elijah Mitchell, where it's like, all right, Niners are up by five. You know, they're going to run two out of every three plays here. And even if you know, Elijah Mitchell's coming, he's got enough speed to like make explosive runs but also enough power to like run through your face. Mm -hmm. But this is also a guy who had two different stints on injured reserve last year. Right. And the thing, the thing is, is I don't, he's obviously had injury problems. I'm not trying to downplay that, but I think it's good news that it hasn't been the same recurring thing. He's had knee issues, none of them major, but in different knees. And there was like a concussion and I think there was a rib thing in there and then a shoulder thing in there. And while, yeah, these injuries are stacking up and that's not necessarily good. I think it's better than the scenario where, yeah, hey, he's had this nagging hamstring injury for two seasons now. Yeah, the knee stuff is is worrisome. Not awesome. No doubt. But at least it's not a chronic knee thing. Yeah. Hopefully not. Um, maybe. Maybe not. Well, you got anything else on the Niners running backs? I think that it, it's it's obviously a very talented group. Um, like I said, injury stuff might be might be a concern, but I think there's there's pretty good depth there. I do um, particularly if our guy Kalen Laborn ends up ends up being the next. <laughs> are we on Are we on Kalen Laborn Island right now? The next Bobby Turner, the be- Bobby Turner diamond in the rough. I don't know if we're on. I'm sure there's other people on the internet who like will would argue that as soon as the 49ers saw him, they laid claim that he would be the best running back in the NFL under Kyle Shanahan or whatever. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, I'm 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 fine with being optimistic about Kalen Laybourne and and allowing the other people who really want credit for for doing the thing that everybody does every year when they pick out undrafted guys and say this guy's gonna be awesome. Who never get a, held accountable when those guys aren't awesome, but get to get to parade around like they should be an NFL GM when those players do happen to be awesome. Damn, there's some <laughs> venom behind that. <laughs> it's just very the easiest <laughs> thing in the world is to be like, oh, I love this undrafted guy. This guy's gonna be great. And then when that guy ends up not being great, no one remembers. And it's no one so cares wild. about those takes. So it's it's the easiest thing in the world to have all these takes about undrafted guys where if they never pan out, no one cares. But if they do, you parade around like you're a genius. I have a great example of me doing this. And I cannot <laughs> I cannot for the life of me remember the kid's name. I think he was a receiver from UAB, maybe. Okay. And I was just 
like this is a dude I love. He's like six three. He's like two twenty, and his 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 highlight reel is crazy. And then I don't even think he made it out of OTAs. Austin Watkins. No. I don't think it was Austin Watkins. Had had some burn with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2022. <laughs> and the Memphis Showboats and the Birmingham Stallions. A showboats legend. <laughs> no, I just that I, I'm so guilty of that. Sure. Where there'll be an undrafted guy who I've never seen before. And any any undrafted guy I'll go watch and do a little bit of research on. And undoubtedly every year there's one or two guys where I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is the dude. Anyway, do we include Kyle Juszczyk in the running backs? Or are we going to do a separate fullback episode? Just a, a fullback only breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk is going to be the fullback. Jack Coletto, though, undrafted rookie from Oregon State. Played quarterback, running back, fullback, and linebacker at Oregon State. QB3? <laughs> Who's to say? Jack Coletto, future NFL MVP. Kyle Shanahan can make it happen with anybody. <laughs> <He's> the... <laughs> Pro Football Focus asked, who's the Shohei Otani of the NFL? <laughs> it's Jackie C. Find the lie. <laughs> the Shohei of the NFL doesn't exist, by the way. No, you would need to play like both ways. And be really good. The funniest thing, so I, I quote tweeted that and I was like, this does not exist. It's like Patrick Mahomes is also Nick Bose off the edge. Like that's it. And I was trying to be right. hyperbolic and the amount of people, and this was not one or two people because that tweet blew up. No big deal. The amount of, <laughs> the amount of people who were like, I hate this or this is stupid. And then we're like, it's more like if Josh Allen was Micah Parsons, like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you really screwed up your, uh, QB defensive end comp. Here's the another amount, one. It's seriously so many people were like, it's actually more like this. And it was just really good quarterback, really good defender. Like, yeah, okay, you get it. You understand. Right. right. Like the point is it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Shohei Otani, like the fact he isn't like one of the biggest sports stars in the world. And sure, I'm I'm sure he is in Japan, but the fact he's not like in in the same realm as like Messi and LeBron is really just goes to show how much baseball has failed to be like a marketable, yeah, a marketable thing because it used to be like the most popular sport in the country. And now it's like, there's a once in a, not even generation, like once in a lifetime player, he, like basically the modern equivalent of Babe Ruth. And we're like, nah, haven't seen but, it in the playoffs the yet. <laughs> but that's the thing is like Babe Ruth stopped pitching so he could hit. And Shohei's doing both and not like, oh, he's a pretty good pitcher or a pretty good. No, he is elite at both things. Yes. It is unbelievable. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense how good he is at both of these things in a sport where you are either good at one or good at the other. Right. He is, I think he's, second in the American League in home runs and leading the American League in strikeouts as a pitcher as a pitcher yes it doesn't somebody somebody here we go this is 
bringing it back. Somebody said Christian McCaffrey is as close as there is in the NFL right now. As he's a top three running back, but if they made him a full-time slot receiver, he'd be the best slot receiver in the league. Sure. And even that doesn't quite track because it's not opposite sides of the ball or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, I'm very passionate about Shohei Otani. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I hate the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hate baseball in general, but that has a lot to do with my team of preference (laughs) moving to another city. It's fair. For for no good reason. Um, You're going to be a Padres guy with me? Yeah, I've thought about that. I was like, I think I might I, be a Padres guy. I'm, I'm, I'm really gonna have a hard time sticking with the A's, and I know people are gonna, oh, if you're not a fan, if blah blah, blah. it's like, nah, the eh, owner, the owner's I, not, it, the owner has disqualified himself from earning my, from like, right, like loyalty. The way this is all, the way this has all gone down. If Oakland had just given them double birds and been like, you're getting zero public money, we don't want you here, we're not gonna work with you at all, da 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 then it would have been like, okay, like I'm not going to blame Oakland. And if like, if this is what the A's have to do, then okay. But the way it's all kind of gone down, I have no qualms never pulling for the team in Las Vegas ever. I I respect people who are like, I'm going to be loyal to this team till I die, no matter what, et cetera, et cetera. For me, loyalty has to be earned. It has to be reciprocated. And as that, that just, Absolutely has not happened from the A's. There's been for years, even while they were trying to quote unquote stay in the Bay Area, they haven't signed anybody of note to a contract of note since Eric Chavez. In right. like two like 20 years ago. It was so long ago. And so if you're just not gonna pay anybody and you're gonna trade away all the good players that your fan base comes to adore. And you're going to raise season ticket prices in the meantime and continue to cry poor and all of these things when you're owned by a billionaire. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but loyalty, mm-hmm. loyalty has to be reciprocated in my opinion. Yeah. And I know not yeah. everybody shares that opinion, but yeah, let's be Padres guys. I, so here's, here's my full blown <laughs> thing on it is not my full one thing. I'm not going to, we could spend six hours talking about this, but I will never be a fan of a team. And it's not, it's not, in stone shovels in the ground in Vegas, there's still hurdles to go. And I'm not putting it beyond Fisher and Cavill to mess this up. Right. But if they move, I'll never love a team the way I love the A's. I'll never have a passion for a team the way I have a passion for the A's, the Oakland A's. So my fandom as I know it will die. It's just not going to exist. Right. So, are the Padres a team in this state that's not the Giants and not the Dodgers and not the Angels? Yeah. Do I like San Diego and Petco Park and want an excuse to go down there a couple times a year? Yeah. Will I wear a Padres hat? Sure, but I'm not gonna like die hard, you know, cry when Coco Crisp hits a walk off against the Pirates to or the the Tigers to force a game five in the ALDS, which they lost. Which he has ended up losing, but you know it, it'll never be that. So, yeah, yeah. Small market I'll be a Padres teams. fan just to give myself an excuse to go to San Diego. The pod, right? Well, the Padres are also a team that proves you could be in a small, quote unquote, small market and spend money. 
that's the other shit is a wild the concept. narrative has gotten so to the point that it's like Oakland small market. No, it's not. It's not. So I think it's the 10th biggest market in the, in the country. Like the Bay is the 10th biggest market. And you have an, and, and you have an owner trying to play small market. Get out of here. Yeah. It's a chicken or the egg thing. You treat your fans like shit They're They might not show up. And then you can't cry poor when like, oh, we can't afford to pay anybody. Like, oh, and you, then you're, you're a billionaire guy. And then 28,000 people show up just to throw double birds at you. Yeah. Tough. Anyways. Now you're running, running back, back. right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the, uh, I'm pretty sure your guy was Austin Watkins because he was 6'3 and he did code a UAB. Okay. All right. Wave injured August 17th, 2021. That sounds right, actually. Over three years, 98 catches, 1642, nine touchdowns. A Juco guy? Yeah, gosh, maybe that might be him. First team, all conference USA in 2020. Pandemic shortened 2020. So, huh. Okay. Yeah, 6'3. I mean, that happens. Corey Sheets. It had Corey to have been. Sheets you know what? You're right. Sick. It was. It was definitely Austin Watkins. Yeah. Unless there was another six three guy from UAB that you were talking about. <laughs> no, no. I think that's it. Okay. All right. Shout out to Lamb Chops. Shout out to Oakley. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the weather. We're not beating the heat yet because it's not super hot. But uh, we're we're gonna be getting there. We're gonna be getting there soon. Can't wait. What what position we what positions are we doing next week as a as a as a tease? So next week we'll be doing wide receivers and tight ends. Ooh, nice. We'll also be speaking with Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletics. She covers the Rams, but she did a podcast series called The Play Callers that dives into the Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay tree and its impact on the NFL. And so I'm really excited to get some nuggets on Kyle Shanahan from the from the incomparable Jordan Rodriguez. That'll be on early pod next week. Great. All right. Subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks to Lamb Chops. Thanks to Oakley. We'll talk to you guys next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.